on this episode of My Adventure in Space and Time. Bana... wait. Bana... Bana... Bana There was no other way of doing it. Because they couldn't afford to keep tightly on. We've had this discussion. (laughs) The Lassie was a one day only spectacular, okay? And welcome to my adventure in space and time, a modern Whovian's journey through classic Who. I'm Shona, I'm that Whovian, and I'm here with Caroline. And I think she knows that I nearly forgot the name of the podcast again. <laughs> you styled it out beautifully, though. Yeah. And do you know what is so frustrating is that a little, a little BTS... This is our second time trying to record this intro because we had technical difficulties, which is which is the norm. And the first time I was kind of gloating that I got it right, <laughs> even though we'd had a massive break. Went to your head, Mike. Went to your uh, head. Yeah, I know. I got cocky, kid. But it has been a while. We released maybe a grand total of one uh, podcast episode in the last few months, which is the first half of the Dalek Master Plan which you can listen to if you like. We are going to record the second half. We are, we are, we are. It's just life gets in the way, as it does. I feel uh, like either of us have been at home for more than about a week at the same time this year, like, at all. I know. I remember when we recorded the Dalek Master Plan, it was it took so much planning to get even the first part recorded. Yeah. I don't remember why. We it was so just... smug we were getting it done in a day. <laughs> Spoiler, we didn't get it done in a day. <laughs> We got half of it done. We lost the will to live. Yeah, it was quite insane. Uh, but the second half of that will be coming, hopefully. Hope. Do you know what? No, I was about to say when I thought maybe it could get done, but I think that's foolish. Hopefully it's not too long. But we didn't want to not release a Christmas special. So we are doing Voyage of the Damned, but just prior to recording, we we, we decided last minute to make it a watch-along. Surprise! <laughs> Because we've never done one before and it's Christmas, so why not? Also because we just realised that we were both going to watch it in the background with the sound off anyway. So at this stage, this seems like the practical option. Absolutely. We'll see how it goes. If it goes well, maybe we'll do the same next year. If it goes badly, then this can just be a horrible Christmas we'll mistake. It's never happened. <laughs> we'll just pretend this never happened. But it will get released because we're not recording it again. <laughs> so, oh, God. Our shame can be there for I the world. Can't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's dive in. So, Voyage of the Damned. Yeah, I mean, I think all we really need for context here is essentially Martha's season has just finished. The last episode prior to this had, you know, sad doctor leaving without a companion, and it ended on a bit of a cliffhanger with uh, the bow of what appears to be a Titanic coming through the wall of the TARDIS. So a wild kind of, cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, that's all you really need, I suppose, is the context that sure. we've just been hit by a Titanic. Okay, here we go. We're in the TARDIS. Sad doctor. Are my subtitles on? You'll get <gasps> Falkhorn Blairs. Falkhorn Blairs. <laughs> and then and the this infamous is... DT. What? Yeah. Is this the first one? No. Surely Donna and the TARDIS is the first one. I love how quickly they resolve this, that straight away after the massive cliffhanger of like there's a sodden great hole in the TARDIS within, what's that been, five seconds? It's like, oh, TARDIS can magically heal itself. 
Kim Watt, that's a very classic who resolution, <laughs> no? <laughs> yeah, it's just to keep you hanging on. However, we don't actually need this plot point at all. So moving on. <laughs> okay, and we enter on to the Titanic, or what we think is the Titanic. I guess watching this the first time around, you must think, oh, he is on the Titanic, Kylie. right? Oh, it's yeah, Kylie. Point, we don't know it's space Titanic. Yeah, we don't. We're getting little glimpses of all the characters, because this, this is quite an ensemble, isn't it? We're getting little glimpses of them all. Ah, yes, Banna... Wait, Banna... Banna Banacafalata. And Thank some you. Christmas trees, just to highlight that it's a Christmas special. You know, I went to the ballet yesterday, and they revealed a Christmas tree at the end. It was like Cinderella, but it's called Cinders at Scottish Ballet. Uh, also, just for context, we've seen that it's Space Titanic. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Christmas. And when they reveal at the ballet, when they revealed the Christmas tree... The whole audience got very emotional, me included. It was very weird. Was it a surprise to them that it was Christmas or? No, but it was just very beautiful. Now, the no. titles, the what Kylie! So, it's glorious to see Kylie Minogue come out of those titles. What a name, huh? Oh, gorgeous stuff. I was watching uh, listening to some North Americans talking a podcast about guest stars and they mentioned that they didn't know who Kylie was before this. And I thought that was insane. How do you not? I don't. I just presumed she was globally famous, but I forgot yeah. that maybe she has a special appeal in the UK. Is she thinking case, I presumed so, but I guess I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm starting to doubt myself. Okay, so so we're on the bridge. We've got this old cap, a, a few old sailors which I believe is going to become relevant. They're not that old, though. And, of course, uh, young Russell Tovey on the end. Oh, who I think is him. Oh, Russell Tovey. Surely everyone loves Russell Tovey, right? No one's like, oh, that guy. Yeah, he's very sweet. I believe the captain is... Je- yeah, it is. It's Jeffrey Palmer, I think, isn't it? Please let me check that that's the name before I've absolutely fucked it here. But Who is that? Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. I'm trying to think of anything you would know that he's been in. He's done like proper acting as well. He's in the Paddington film. Proper acting. He's, he's in a fish called Wanda, is he not? Oh, for real? Right. It's been a long time since I called. Uh, since I saw a fish called Wanda. Yeah, the thing I remember seeing him in was Reggie Perrin, which is another thing that I ended up watching with my dad. But yeah, he's a bit of a legend as our captain. I mean, he's suitably ominous in this. Right. So Max Capricorn, love the name, Christmassy. A bit of a poor villain, I think. Yeah. A poor man's Davros. It's like Davros meets Alan Sugar. He's quite unmemorable for me. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Does that make like, sense? Like, like, kind of, if somebody had said to me about him, I'd go, Wait, what was that? Oh. I think they wanted to do one about the Titanic and they were like, oh, any villain will do. Just, yeah, just stick a bloke He's in. capitalist. He's mean. <laughs> like That'll do. I'll tell oh, you Kylie what, he can look just gorgeous. like Dr. Evil out of... Um, some sort Austin of Powers. Austin Powers job and then that'll do I love like, that we that we bald heads. I love that we quoted Austin Powers before James Bond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I don't feel like he was serious enough to get the James Bond credit. Can we talk about David Tennant in Black Tie cuz Oh, smooth smooth operator. Also, I hate to say it, although I keep saying that David Tennant really doesn't age, he does actually have like a proper little baby face in this, doesn't he? I was thinking this, I don't know if it's because we've just watched the new, the 60th anniversary specials, but I was thinking this as, as well. Yeah, he looks very young. I mean, he's not very young, is he? But he must be, what, like late 30s in this, but 
oh, what's going on here? Crazy robot. Robots are I can't decide. Now, I can't decide about these robots. Sometimes I'm like, I get it. They're scary. And other times I'm like, fuck these robots. Like, I think they're stupid. I don't think um, the design was too close to Weeping Angels. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it is just a sort of sinister angel. I don't know if the whole... Well, they're like autons meet Weeping Angels. Yeah, I mean, they do look very autons. I don't know. When it turned its head there, yeah. Oh, yeah, I really felt true. this. As someone that carries trays of glasses quite a lot in life, I did also think to myself when Kylie dropped the glasses and the guy started having to go at her, I thought, oh, imagine... Like, I wish when I dropped a glass at work, the doctor would come and just be my best mate. I wish every time anything went wrong in my life, the doctor would just turn out. I mean, even just David Tennant doesn't even have to have a Time Lord power. Just yeah, yeah, Tennant just turn up every time things in my life go bad. Just the real guy, just being like, yeah, yeah, let me help you with that. Right, obviously Kylie's absolutely gorgeous. Do we think the wig is a little bit dodgy? Like I didn't even think about it. I, I don't think it was just hair, something you know? about her hair. It's just not my favourite. It looks very Neighbours. <laughs> Fittingly. <laughs> Fittingly. I'd li- I do like Kylie in this though, you know? She's charming. I love the character. I do. Yeah, it's very sweet. It's quite it's not like it's not like insanely deep, is it? But she's only got this episode, so it's like they need to just she's look at her here. She's just staring out of the window and she was working, baby. Like yeah. he was you know, she was like <laughs> he was speaking to her, he's like, Oh, out there in the stars, she's like, oh yeah, like doing all this, doing all this acting with her eyes. Hmm. They look like they enjoy working together, you know. I think so. It looks fun. That's the thing. It looks probably pretty fun to do this. But have you heard about the that the guy that played Mr. Copper, C- Clive Swift, which is a great name. Yeah. Apparently, he was <laughs> really difficult on this set. Oh really? And oh yeah, and oh look this up later. He did an interview for Doctor Who magazine with Benjamin Cook, and it's insane. Like the answers are, he's he's so he's so difficult, and he's, he's just really rude, <laughs> like in a horrible oh, man. tone. Oh, that's and insane. Apparently, because he was so, so difficult on set, they let uh, Russell T Davis and Julie Gardner let Benjamin Cook publish the article like unedited, like say like with him saying all the rude oh. stuff in it, because they were like, fine, like. <laughs> Yeah, you said it like for yourself, mate. Yeah, it's like well, you you said it. So I, I should mention he did die in 2019. Um, I'm not trying to not um, <laughs> I'm not well trying to speak ill of the dead or anything. Grave. Yeah, well done. <laughs> no, but um, but I do think he's amazing in this. We'll get to him obviously, but he's like the heart of it completely. Like I think he's really lovely in it. But I yeah, I thought that was amusing. But definitely look on Benjamin Cook's Twitter. He posted it, and it's really worth a read. It's absolutely oh, wild. Gosh. Oh, I love this couple as well. They're so sweet. The couple that are the, the competition winners. Yeah. Again, the outfits. Wild. Oh, like, they got they got told it was fancy dress because the people were being mean to them. I'm struggling to keep up with all the things that these people have all been in because there's so many people that have been in other stuff. Yeah, it's so true. It's like, how are we even beginning to keep up with this? Yeah. And then Russell Tovey's going to go on and do years and years, isn't he, with, so, with uh, RTD? I am almost certain, I'm sure it was Russell Tovey, in the original, um, before we had Unleashed, that we've got now, when we mm. had Doctor Who Confidential, was it not Russell Tovey that did the voiceover, at least for the first couple of series? Really? I am almost I certain I have no was, idea. And then that was how he ended up kind of scooting himself in. I would 
love if we could fact check that. That's good. Oh, I love the spit though, where he's saying all the the wrong facts about. Uh, oh yeah, it's it's a little bit of a hark back to the sort of Cassandra thing when she's got the yeah. iPod and all that. Yeah, yeah. It's like a a jukebox. Santa and his wife Mary, so good. Go, <laughs> the people of UK go to the war with the country Turkey and then eat the Turkey people. <laughs> oh God, I mean, uh, it's so good. <laughs> yes, there you go. He was Russell Howard. Uh, shut up, Russell oh, Howard. I'm obsessed. We love a bit of Russells in our house. We love <laughs> Russells. Doctor Who Confidential. He was a narrator for 14 episodes. There you go. That's wild. That's so cool. He also then went on to be on in uh, Sherlock as well. So I take it the production team kind of overlap thing. Yeah. I think he's great in this. He's so charismatic and charming. Oh, okay. God, right, this is star studded. Oh, where is he? Come on. Where is he? At the time, they weren't even going to make him a thing. He was just going to be a little one-off, a little cameo for Bernard and go, oh, let's get that wee guy that was in the films. He'd be cute. We'll give him a wee job. I really think Kylie is selling this, you know? Bless her. Oh, she's so excited by concrete. Alien Alien shots. Alien shots. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hen, that's disappointment. (laughs) Oh, here he is. Bernard. Oh, he's just lovely, isn't he? He looks a lot younger as well. Can you imagine that they did this as a little nod and went, oh, we'll put that wee guy that used to be in the films, we'll pop him in for a minute and then a few people yeah. will get it and it'll be sweet. And then he was just so cute and everybody loved him so much. They went, will we give him a whole ass character for like several series? I know. And 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 obviously was brought in because as a replacement for Donna's dad, who the actor unfortunately died, you know? And yeah, it's and it, it just seems so it's so strange, so the idea that that wasn't the plan and that. It turned out so well and he became a favourite. Oh, I love him later shaking his fist up at the aliens. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> this newsreader's real as well, isn't it? <laughs> I love Wilfred. We, me, me and the Queen, we stand vigil. <laughs> okay. Oh stop, it. oh, stop it. How cute is he? Yeah. What a pro. Oh, it's all kicking off. Power fluctuation. Yeah, right, mate. Yeah. So from their I little like the... strip, they've just been whipped straight back out of it after like three seconds and they've seen a bookies in a newspaper stand. Yeah, and again, Kylie's like, she's like, that was amazing. She's delighted <laughs> with her lot. Yeah, she's very sweet. Yeah, that's not a power fluctuation. Oh, like a little baby Russell. But he, yeah, they all, I know we keep saying how young everyone looks, but this is what, tw- this is 2007? I think, yeah. It's not that long till it's 20 years old. Oh, 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 I did not need that factoid. Thanks, man. I love this, this sinister turn. Russell Tovey knows something's up, but the, yep. the power dynamic, he can't go against the captain. He can't, he can't speak up, but he has to. Yeah, there's a wee Banakafalata having a little disco to himself. Look at him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> On your show. It looks brilliant. This is all just festive stuff, isn't it? It is a bit. It's all kind of scene setting. Here goes, oh, glasses are on. Doctor's awaiting. I forgot that with DT's doctor that he kind of put the glasses on every time he was about to go and stir something up or pull some panels out or sonic something. I have a feeling that might have been his idea. I don't know where I've read that. (laughs) (laughs) Please leave that in. Just an unedited this feels a bit like the real Titanic, where you're like, come on, get to the, yeah. <laughs> get to the iceberg. Oh, that's it. Right, Russell's having none of it. Come on, son. Yeah, <gasps> come on. No. 
the guns out happening. If I remember rightly, I feel like there's quite a lot of death in this episode from here on in. Is there not quite a lot of guests bumped off quite? Yes. This is the thing. This is a complaint I've heard about this episode where people are like, I don't like it because it's depressing because so there's such a high body count in it. There's yeah. so much death. <laughs> and I, I get it. Um, you have not just shot Russell Tovey, you little shit. <laughs> I've just called Jeffrey Palmer a little shit. I think it's, oh God, Christmas is getting to me. <laughs> I, like, I can't believe I called him a little shit. Yeah, a Listen, he's, he's got an illness. He just wants to get a big chunk of money to his family. He doesn't care if loads of people die. <laughs> oh, bless. And I'm sure his family will be comforted that they got all that money and killed hundreds of people. Um, there's a meatball just come through the window. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yes, there is a oh, lot of death. The comfy guests have started working out what's gone wrong. You are all going to die. <clears throat> On their own, I think these sort of angel guest host things, they are quite sinister. You know, if you take away the sort of other things that are in the show. I guess they're no more you know, like, silly than the Santas. Oh, God, no. The Santas will forever be the silliest Christmas villain. When their instruments turn into guns, oh, that's good. God, again. Like, they give everybody the fear of the Sally Army for the rest of their lives. Like, all <laughs> children are now terrified of the Salvation Army. Um, they do have some questionable views sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Maybe rightly so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe there was a hint behind that. Maybe actually Russell T. Davis was just trying to turn people off the Salvation like, Army. Guys, I don't think they're all they seen. See, this is yeah. grim. Like, these meteoroids, uh, these meteorites just hit the sh- Like, for some reason, I forgot that they don't get out of this, that the meteoroids yeah, no, hit the ship. Yeah, there's no, yeah. And at some point later in this episode, they're like, oh, there's still, like, 50 people alive. And I'm like, oh, my God, so, like, shitloads of people they're died right, yeah, already. Maybe. Like, that was just a, did you just see that? That was a ball of fire just chasing yep. some people, burning them to death. Yeah, I mean, kudos to the effects people on this one as well, because... Oh, this is Matt. This is definitely like we've done a couple of series now. We've proved we can hack it. Here's some budget, right? Do you go back to this one, really? I can't say I have actually, because I guess at the time it's one of these ones where I don't feel it's as Christmassy. I, like I know there's sort of the Christmas trees yeah. and stuff, but you know, I, like I don't know. There's just slightly less Christmas in. Sure, yeah. I, yeah, and I, it's, it's one of these ones I don't hate it, but it wasn't like one of my favourites that I feel like I could rewatch a lot. And yet, actually, as I say, there is good bits in it. I mean, there's Kylie, there's original Bernard, there's, yeah, great casts. Yeah, and I like the kind of group of characters. I guess they're kind of getting together now, aren't they? And they're going to try and survive together. We've got Morvan and Foon, Banna... Oh, balls. Banna... Banna uh, Kylie. Obviously, she has the name Astrid in this, but we will know her as Kylie. And uh, what's his face? Uh, Mr. Copper and um, the guy, the mean guy that I can't remember the name of right now. Oh, the steward also, who we think might be a character and then is sucked out of the ship immediately. Oh, bless him. Yeah, I don't go back to this really ever. Like, I hadn't watched this in ages, but I think I'm more drawn to the more kind of the ones that are a bit smaller, like the more domestic setting. Uh, so, like, I really like The Runaway Bride. I didn't make it a secret. Yeah, it's not one but of the also, really big hitter ones, but it's... But I also really like Last Christmas, the Peter Capaldi, Jenna Coleman one, where they've yeah, got the... Yeah, see, again, that's another I think, one I think I need to rewatch. But I think I like it because it's just a smaller idea. Like, it's kind of just one good idea that you don't know what 
when you're dreaming or not you know whereas yeah. this is just this is just so enormous and I and I know why you know I guess they just got to this point in Doctor Who where they could do this and it was like right it's going to be an enormous adventure it's going to be amazing it's going to be huge and there's bits in this that I enjoy that like the speech he's about to make here the famous one the I'm the doctor I'm the I'm yeah the yeah and I used to find it a bit too much but I have to say when I watched it this time earlier today I was like yeah <laughs> like, I, yeah I don't know if it's because it's nostalgic now you know and you're like probably I think a lot of episodes do that with me though like when I'm watching like a, a current series I'm always a bit like nah it's not as good as the old stuff and then as, as it kind of becomes mm. part of the older stuff then I'm like oh actually I, I do wonder about that about Jodie's run quite a lot and what's yeah. going to be better in hindsight and yeah. anyway even some uh, of the Cloudy stories as well, like there was bits of it that I just thought, oh, you could have done so much more with that doctor. He was a good doctor. Yeah, I don't know. But actually, when you go back over it, I think there was stuff I probably didn't give a lot of credit to at the time. Maybe just because I was all... expecting something else. But this is it. Yeah, you, you cannot go in without expectation. It's impossible. Yeah. 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 So, oh, dude, yeah, this and this one is just so campy and huge. And I think at the time I was a bit like, oh, this is a bit much or you know or I didn't connect with it as much because it was all kind of it seemed quite bells and whistles you know whereas now I'm a bit like I don't know when you look at it its place in the whole selection of what you've got to choose from you maybe just appreciate it for what it is kind of like for example right now that angel's going to take that hail off its head and it's going to frisbee it dark man yeah frisbee it into a man's neck dark he's actually just yeah there is a lot of death though oh here we go Russell Toby making his he comes making his money we should say we haven't actually mentioned the fact that when the doctor does find out his name he's an alonso so we can alonzi is alonso and it's all just too perfect oh what a beautiful moment i can't I think of anybody i'd rather have that part <laughs> like yeah i notice i'm noticing from watching this with the subtitles that they don't say my god they say my vot is that because of the planet they're from i guess so i'm not very up on my alien religions but i'm gonna go ahead and say it must be and i guess it's good because if you're listening to it it's not going to sound that different from god when you you know i mean so yeah you know what they're on about without doing it yeah that's kind of cool what do we think about the ship design it's the titanic (laughs) yeah but like taking ye oldie worldy ship and then just wanging a couple of big engines on the edge of it i sort of love how silly it is yeah me too I'm going to massively appeal to the nerds right now, but at some point, again, I want to say mid to late 90s. I don't even think it was as old as 2000s. We used to, there was a computer game that we had here that we were obsessed with. I had not a clue what I was actually doing, but I loved wondering about it. And it was called Starship Titanic. I've heard other people talk about this. Do you remember this? Yeah. I don't remember it personally, but I think my friend who lives in Belfast, I went with him to the Titanic Museum. And he... <laughs> I love that thing. It very much reminds me of Starship Titanic, the computer game thing, which was essentially the same sort of idea that there was a, a replica of the Titanic in space, and then there's kind of nobody there, and you get to the whole game was like you're wandering about, kind of investigating. Oh, Starship! It was in space as well. Because I yeah. thought I'd heard about this, and it was just a game called the Titanic. It's That's weird great. how many Titanic games there are. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm now thinking, obviously, like, the computer game came before, and it was a sort of similar... It was a Douglas Adams thing. Oh, right, well, did he write it? 
Yeah, for, like we for, of all the things, but like when you get to the desk, there's like a little like the bell you would press when you get to a reception. There's a little reception bell, but then that unfolded and it was a little robot and it was called Marcinta. And I've never forgotten that. So every time I see one of those little bells in hotel lobbies, I'm like, they've got a Marcinta. And I'm like, why is this? In sounds, my head? Pre- sounds pretty close to Marvin to me. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't. But she was like, the little character was like a sassy little bit. Like she was proper useless. She didn't help you at all in the game. I don't know why I remember Beautiful. that. A proper baffled you. But like if anybody is actually listening, there's a lot of nerds have just exploded <laughs> somewhere with this. I am paying attention, but I wanted to go back to Banacafalata because my favourite Banacafalata moment was just there where he speaks to him and he goes, can I call you Banna? And he's like, no. <laughs> no. Banacafalata. And he's like, right. <laughs> like just very sweet also the couple here having their little heart to heart about the competition i think it's really sweet it's a i think it's a really good example of russell d davis's writing where i think he can make you understand characters really quickly yeah small scene right yeah Um, and he's kind of flipped it around because he's made them i guess at the beginning i mean they are giving sort of like you know clown idiot vibes and they're being mocked and everybody's laughing at them and they're in big goofy costumes and they've overdone it and it's all and then really quickly takes them from being like clownish kind of silly characters to being like oh you're actually a very sweet little couple and you are actually really lovable and bless and also i like that they mentioned the phone there's been a few mentions of the phone which is i presume a video phone in the future (laughs) wow we're talking on skype right now you know, we're talking on a phone. Yeah. I love all this stuff as well with uh, Banakafalata about who, how he's a cyborg and he's ashamed of it. But Kylie's like, everything's changed. Cyborgs are getting equal rights. Yeah. <laughs> they passed the law it. back almost, on Stowe. Yeah, it's timed this quite well. And you think about, you know, Russell being back now and the current writing mm. of the specials we've just had, where he's actually probably just hit essentially the same point he was making here of like, you know, ostracized yeah. groups getting to be more accepted and then has hit the nail much harder mm-hmm. this time around with his writing and just gone right I'm just going to come out and say it I was banging on about bi rights and gay rights there you go said it <laughs> done it but yeah it's a nice little touch I mean he, he just gets a lot done in this episode do you not think like and like that's what I mean he's just a he's just a really efficient writer like how's he managed to do this much and and there was still time for that bit where they were just at the party <laughs> at the start it is 72 minutes but yeah he's just it's a really slick writer in that way i think sometimes with um sort of feature length episodes sometimes it is just like a normal episode that they've tried to spread out a bit you know mm. i don't with this one i don't feel like there is that i feel like there is genuinely 72 minutes worth of stuff happening that it doesn't get a bit like draggy and to be fair, yeah, it is depressing, but it's because he makes us care about the characters before they die. <laughs> yeah. Really quickly there, he's just taken out an entire bunch of kitchen people. We got so excited there. That they were going to get out the kitchen. They were alive. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they found more survivors. And then within like a minute, oh, they're dead. that little bit of joy, they've wiped a lot of them out on screen. And you're like, wow, okay, thanks for that. Never mind. Oh, and they've just put together the host... Uh, and, uh, oh no! Turn it off! Turn it off! Turn it off! Ripping the cables out of his head. <laughs> I feel like there's a a few a few too many references to their size. I know, like, I I know it's to make that other guy look like a meanie, but like, there's so many times it's like, oh, but how are they gonna get through the gap? They're too fat, and yeah, then how are yeah. they gonna go over the bridge? They're too fat, and it's like. 
<laughs> right? Like, yeah. did this need to be the plot device this many times? Like, and I get that we've established they're the good guys and that he's the baggage, but it, it does seem a little unnecessary. Yeah, I know what you mean. And actually, I think particularly the actress, and I've forgotten her name, but the, the actress playing her yeah. isn't actually nearly that big these days. I'm sure she's lost a lot of it. And then you feel even more bad that you're like, oh, I do hope it wasn't because of this episode that she was literally <laughs> yeah. a fat bird and then they've given her a total <laughs> complex because that's Christ. really mean. Like, that's just for food. awful. Yeah. Oh god, DT's just grabbed his arse and tried to push it. There's no coming back from just pushing a fat man's yeah. backside through a small gap, is there? Yeah, there is a bit too much um, cartoon vibes. There there is a bit too much attention on like these two fat people are actually nice. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. Uh we could just I think just a little less might have been okay. Because again, she's another one that went on the reason I know this is she's another one that went on to be in Sherlock. Ah, oh, really? And was nowhere near. I mean, I don't know if they've padded her up a bit for this, but even like her face and everything. But again, by the time she was in Sherlock, she was like half that size. And you think, oh, God. Um, oh, God, they've just had her look at the food in this and go, look, food. Oh, stop <laughs> it. No. It's like, come on. Yeah, I knew they'd make a bit of a thing about it, but okay, now it's annoying me. Like, you could have had Kylie be pleased with food, you know what I mean? Like, I know. Actually, recently when I was in London in October, I went to the V&A and they've got like, she donated like pretty much the entire contents of like her dressing room from her least, like the tour that she was doing at the time. Oh, and, cool. Like, her, her shoes are like this size. Like little, little to- like little toy shoes. Like tiny little pixie shoes. I think she's Aww. very cute. You know, when you're sitting looking at them in a cabinet going, is it the glass? No, she's actually got the dinky. Oh, so dinky. It's like. It's like when I went to the Bronte Museum and they're so small. Like their oh, their oh. shoes and their their gloves and stuff, they look like little toy gloves. Oh stop. You look good for nine hundred and three, David. Yeah. I never realised she said and you might be the time king from Gadaby, but <laughs> Oh, nice time. Ah, Christmas Day. Christmas. Oh, yes, Kylie nice. has no idea what Christmas is. Oh, oh yeah. Does Kylie even know it's Christmas time at all? Oh, <laughs> 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 laughing a lot at my own joke well done I'm glad somebody is <laughs> oh and this is him revealing his see he's so nice and he's so endearing in this uh, Mr Copper like he's genuinely one of the best characters yeah it, he's so lovely <laughs> it's really wholesome watching this next to my Christmas tree Oh, for those of you that have only got the, the, the audio on this it's going to make no difference but I'm going to put the lights on behind me because I've got my lights as well it was commented when we, I'll mention, I'll maybe mention this properly at the end and plug it. Plug. But when we, when we did a podcast with another podcast the other night, I, f- I think it was while you were still trying to connect to the call. But it was no, commented I did, on. Yeah, no, I was in by that point. Somebody did say how festive it looked over here. Yeah, it was very yeah, nice. We all looked quite boring. And oh. my Christmas jimmers today. So for some reason, the penalty for space lean fraud kind <laughs> oh, <laughs> of made space me laugh. Lanes. Space lane fraud. <laughs> oh, the penalty for space lane fraud is ten years. So, wow. But then, and then, even then, he was like, "And I'm an old man. I don't have ten years." But he doesn't look that old. <laughs> no, I mean, really not. Um, oh no, now I think about it though. The actor died in 2019, and this was 2007. So. Uh, yeah. Okay, maybe. Actually, that's a bit of a grim thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's just so much death in this. John being insensitive again. Again. 
Oh no. Oh jeez. It's so sad when he did. Like so suddenly as well. Kylie just genuinely like... acts like she's proper shocked there. Like her reaction there yeah. is. I think Kylie's good. Yeah. I think everyone's quite good in this. Yeah. And the doctor having to apologise because he'd promised he would save all their lives, but he was oh. not ready for that one. I know. I thought you said you were a time lord from the planet Gallifrey and the constellation of uh, Cash Shivershish. You're right there. Oh, I kind of like this bit where Foon is kind of, she's sort of saying, oh, maybe, maybe he's not gone. Maybe, you know, maybe he's not dead. And Kylie, Astrid, it's like, look, he's gone. I'm really sorry. And I think that's, that's going to be kind of echoed later with with the doctor and astrid but yeah it's just lovely lovely so she just can't bear to live without i mean she really is acting her socks off here as well oh yeah look at her staring into his eyes crying and again like i think i I don't know again if it's just for me but like with the goofy costumes and stuff you know when you think these are going to be like silly throwaway characters and then you've actually got people that can act their friggin socks off like that they're all killing it yeah and just think as well it's not like they're two people in a room don't get spiky with me don't get spiky with me it's so stupid isn't it i love it (laughs) it's not like they're two people just sitting in a room where you can really focus on the connection with your scene partner and whatever like they'll be thinking about so much other shit about where to stand because and the effects and the fire and all this fucking all this stuff yeah and these and they still yeah this is quite sinister oh the flying angel oh my god oh here they go I still can't decide if I hate them or love them, these angels. I thought I hated them. I'm quite enjoying them right now. Information, kill, great. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what, though? If we were, you know you were laughing at me earlier for not making the instant James Bond joke and we both went for Austin Powers instead. Hey, I often Is this not that. a James Bond thing as well, that there was somebody with a bladed bowler hat that they could frisbee? <gasps> yes, and it that was definitely an Austin Powers thing. I don't know if it was also James. Um, also James. I don't yeah. know if it was original. But then I feel like that's what they did in Austin Powers. So were they just quoting directly from it? It was pretty much just lampooning the entirety of James Bond. Yeah. Oh wait, no. In it, yeah, in James Bond it was a bullet hat, but in Austin Powers it was a shoe. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. Yeah, yes. that's it. That's it. Uh, oh, did we miss Banakapalata uh, being empowered by his cyborg energy? Oh, look at him. He's just saved everybody with his cyborg Aww. energy. Again, do you not think the setup of him, the front of him, like, because I'm thinking, like, people aren't watching along, but um, necessarily with us, but, like, his little belly setup that he's got, his robot is also really, yeah. like, the um, the Dalek episodes, the World War Two one. The Dalek World War Two. Oh, I don't remember what it's called either, but the season five Victory of the Daleks. That's the one. But in the Victory of the Daleks, he looks... You know, when he's discovered to be a bomb and he's got the same sort of embrace oh, wells. I haven't seen Victory of the Daleks in a long time. See, that's one time. I would watch quite happily. But Bracewell's the bomb and he's got a big sort of oh, right. metallic stomach set up thing as well. Oh, I like this bit where Mr. Copper's like, no, he, this like thing in his belly, like he'll, he'll want us to use it. Oh, the cyborg caravans, good people. This is such a thinly veiled analogy. But yeah. I do like it. <laughs> a thinly veiled metaphor, maybe. The, oh, I love this when he's just picking all the numbers. <laughs> I know. 42. And then he says 42. Just while we're crowbarring Douglas Adams into absolutely everything today. Of course. Yeah, so it turns out, having hacked these angels, there's a bit of a protocol that they're meant to be destroying the Earth. Still haven't really explained what for. Yeah. So, But so much has happened. Like, so many people have died. Oh, 
God, here goes Foon. I mean, Vought, here goes Foon. The thing is, see, when we quote the Vought thing, it just sounds like we're doing a really cod German accent. Vought? <laughs> it's all gone a bit wrong. Oh, wow. That's really silly. <laughs> we can link oh. back to the recent specials and that accent that, bless him, our um, toy maker had. Yeah, yeah. Though well, I do think that was meant to be deliberately. It was, it was written mocking. like that. Yeah, it was deliberate. Yeah. It was written like that, but. What? Yeah. Oh, look, if David Tennant's old Sonic is making an appearance, I'd forgotten. Oh, yes. I did it like looks so piddly, like, doesn't it? It does. It's really tiny and can sort of really neat little package compared to the big and bizarre things that are going on now. Oh, so we're now at a point where I just I will keep wanting to call her Kylie. Her name is Ashley. Ky- the character Kylie is, is acting. She's actually thinking she could come with him. And he, at this point, I thought, oh, we're getting a new companion and it's Kylie. How amazing is this going to be? But the thing is, it was never going to be Kylie, was it? So really, when you're know, watching this... Your brain goes, oh, God, yeah, she's definitely going to do this. Imagine if we get a whole series of Kylie and then went realistically, though. No, my brain was going, oh, well, Kylie's going to die. <laughs> Kylie's going to die because there's no way... They'd almost Kylie. given that away before it had happened, didn't they? Yeah. Going to have to get rid of Kylie. We can't afford to keep her on. Oh, there's David Tennant's proudest moment. I do think it's quite charming, especially with the the, the kiss that is with the big spark. He came away from that buzz in. I'm sure there's a clip of him somewhere in an interview going, I'm going to kiss Kylie Minogue. Like it was the best day of his life. <laughs> I mean, can, can you imagine? Yeah, I kissed Kylie Minogue at work today. Yeah. How was your day, darling? Oh, I kissed Kylie Minogue. Just briefly got off with Kylie. Excellent. Turn around and run away, sir. Excellent. You can't teach that, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Astrid's saving everybody. Look at her kicking ass. Meanwhile, Doctor's about to smack some... <gasps> With a frying pan. I find this a bit funny where he does protocol one and then immediately wastes all his questions. <laughs> oh, it's such an old trope, but it's still a good yeah. joke. Oh, are we going to meet Max Capricorn? The thing is, I think sometimes like people do forget Kylie started in acting and then the yeah. music came next, like... Like, I think she must have been pretty comfortable on set, you know, like, in years on Neighbours, didn't she? Yeah, I don't know if she's done more acting since, though, because then after that, she just kind of turned into, like, pop princess. A, a, yeah, a pop icon, yeah. Yeah. But then music videos, she always on sets for music videos. I mean. Probably not on an exploding Titanic, fair enough, but... No, no. I've seen a few Kylie videos. None of them involve anything like this. Something else I was thinking about Russell Tovey's character is that he's... He's all he's doing most of this by himself, right? He doesn't have he is, a yeah. scene partner for most of this. No, pretty much the whole time he's just been doing computer acting and listening to radio acting. Yeah, and I bet he's not usually listening to the actual actor, you know? It'll be like someone reading. Yeah, it'll be something. somebody shouting the lines on normally. I don't yeah. think they actually just had Kylie on the other end of the phone. <laughs> yeah, flew her in. <laughs> Yeah, like, I know you're really busy with your children, that love, but would you mind phoning uh, Russell Tovey and just whack a couple of lines down for him? <laughs> oh, he says he really needs to hear your voice. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. Okay, I'm just awaiting the entrance of uh, Max Capricorn. I'm sort yeah. of sad that he's not an interesting villain because I think the name is good. A Capri- Capricorn, a subtle... Uh, not that subtle, but a reference to Christmas. Do you know what, though? I think the actor does a good job. Yeah, I, there's nothing wrong with what's gone on. I just think the character doesn't stand out as a written yeah. character. Also, he doesn't really get that much time, does he? Like, no. Of course. I like that they planted the thing about 
cyborgs being like you said earlier like a sort of ostracized community yeah so i guess i liked that link that that's the reason that he's been discriminated against or yeah, uh, excluded but apart from that they have to kind of explain it really quickly don't they like oh this is his motive for... but i think at the end of the day it seems like oh the story only has a villain because it needs one like they just wanted to do a big thing on the titanic right yeah i mean i think the big <laughs> this one was the monsters that are angels that are yeah like throwing halos and stuff i think they just because they're quite mindless drony things they had to have something as the higher power he looks a bit like i don't know he's giving when you get to the end of sonic the hedgehog oh <laughs> what's his name um, robotnik yeah i don't yeah, know he is actually yeah, in his little car yeah there's a lot happening god that's really true yeah and the smoke coming out of it as well oh that's funny but yeah it's all so like not straightforward it's like oh well my business i was ex- i was exiled from the business but then i want the business to go under and then i'll uh, get revenge on my or something you know it's a retirement plan right <laughs> yeah i'm now getting quite sucked into watching this but this bit of conversation because i've got very very little memory of this i must say yeah I had kind of forgotten what his reasoning behind his piss poor behaviour was. Fair play to the actor. I think he delivers He's everything got a pretty well. Madness about him. The look in his eyes. Yeah, and, and the expression he's quite... pulling, considering he literally is, has got nothing else to work with but his head. <laughs> like, he, he, do you know what I mean? Like, you can't gesture or like you can't do yeah. anything. But he's like, he is acting his socks off. Actually, he is doing really well. But yeah, he just had to very, very quickly do some exposition. Also, <laughs> I love the way they pan in on Kylie in this little truck thing because they know that it looks silly. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so God, I love yeah. the kind yeah. of yeah. I mean, you're the, at the, the point the, of absolute no return at this point. Yeah, the dramatic zoom in on it is is After is pretty fun because otherwise, yeah, out of all the high budget, as we said earlier, like the explosions and the grandeur of the Titanic sets and the beautiful building. And then went, how are we killing him off? Will we do a great big beautiful gesture of something that will just Kylie and a forklift? But can you, I don't understand how this happens. Was there not, why did she have to go over it as well? There was no other way of doing it? Because like, they couldn't afford to keep Kylie on. We've had this discussion. <laughs> the lassie was a one day only spectacular, okay? But I just. The budget did not stretch for cancelling an entire tour. But please explain this to me, how she can't just drop him off and she can't just jump out of the thing. When no. he said he's cut the brake line, did he mean the brake on her forklift? Is that why when she was like accelerating and accelerating that she couldn't get it to yeah. move? I, I've got so many questions as to why she couldn't just deposit him over the edge. I've obviously missed something. I just see the guy that plays Max Capricorn, and I've just looked him up, isn't even bald. <laughs> Am I looking? Because I'm like, what? Like, that's you heard it here the, first. The old captain. <laughs> I've been trying to work out why I feel like I recognise him. What do you think about the slow mo walk through the ashes that DT's doing? Oh, we love doing? it. We love it. I think, I think it's, it's obviously. It's the standing. Corner. Yeah, oh, I was going to say I love it. I love the slow motion walk. The standing at the end, like Jesus and the two angels flying away. No, is, no, 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 no. Hate it. it because there is it's a not tendency. even a great effect, truly, is it? I mean, oh, dearie me. Like, oh, Jesus, they've gone full Superman. Oh, when they put their fists at... God. There is a tendency no. for Russell T... I think Russell T. Davis just fucking loves David Tennant's Doctor. And great, 
You but, and me both, but there was no need for him to turn into fucking Jesus there. What but, on earth? Yeah, but the amount of times that he kind of, I don't know, puts him on this pedestal and really, like, yeah, makes him look like this sort of messiah figure is 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 a bit much, yeah. See Jesus Doctor at the end at the end of the episode before He's this. Got his Alonso. Alonso. <laughs> Alonso. Sorry, that was and too that's, exciting. That's quite like a quite a long callback as well. That's from like series two with um with Rose that he mentions that. Yeah, it became a bit of an ongoing thing. He said it a few times after that. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was obsessing over it. So I've looked up TARDIS Wiki and it says in the struggle a host's blade destroys the brakes of the forklift, forcing Astrid and Max to run oh, off a precipice. Okay, right. so... I did see them getting thrown, but... Okay. Her, her brakes her failed. I was like, why is she just fucking... Just jump out here. I, I think she could have jumped out, but it, like you say, they couldn't afford Kylie. They had to get rid of her somehow. It is really nice having seen Kenneth Russell Tovey mostly on his own. He, he was with the captain at the start. It is really refreshing to see the Doctor burst in and them get to kind of work opposite. Yeah, he gets his moment of glory, bless him. Oh, here we go. We've got the Queen in a minute. Come on, <laughs> oh, she's in her baffies as well. Come on, hen. So funny waving. Bernard. I love this. Here he is. Don't, you, Don't dare. you dare, you aliens! Don't oh. you dare! God, he's cracking. Be throwing yourself about acting. Excellent effort, lads. Yeah. I mean, he must be doing it in the TARDIS all the time, I suppose. Yeah. Look at this commitment, though. Look at these two oh, guys. God. Again, will we get like even a little bit tacky? No, we've smashed Big Ben in our very first episode. Oh, and we've missed Buckingham Palace. We thank you, Doctor. Thank there she you. is. We're rollers in. <laughs> Happy Christmas. Oh. While you're on a roll, do you want to make a joke about the Queen being dead as well? And then you've gone no. for the full, full cast. Or are we? Are we okay? I was purposely avoiding it. <laughs> <laughs> It wouldn't be Christmas Eve. Oh, not without a plum pudding. Also, Alonso's had a bullet wound this whole time. Yeah, but it's now sort of remarkably fine, considering the level of blood loss I think we might have encountered. I guess I mean, he's his shirt on is adrenaline. still immaculate after that, and he hasn't even loosened his tie. He hasn't loosened his tie. That's the, what a he boy. does have a small bloody mark on his shirt, but way smaller than he should have. But it is wild that he hasn't loosened his tie. You're quite right. You're bleeding to death. You want that circulation to be, you know. <laughs> oh, here we go. Teleport. Maybe he can save her. River Song style. Not really River Song style. It was it was sort of reminding me of... Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but this is oh. what I was talking about earlier. He's just so, so sure he can save her. And I think Mr. Copper has to kind of talk him down. Yeah. It Little made me think of it when with Kylie and Foon, yeah. Everyone else in the room is like, mate. Didn't he be kissing ghosties, you? Oh, no. See, was there a need for that second one? I was think it's quite sweet. That? I think he's just giving her, like, a nice send-off. Oh, now you can travel forever. Travel forever. You're not falling, Astrid. You're flying. Yeah, it's pretty corny, isn't it, this? But it's a bit. I think if you're there for it, you're, yeah. You're either going to be invested or no i guess so yeah nobody does big sad eyes like dt yeah he's very sad like you see when he gets teary eyes like oh yeah god it's long isn't it it's still going it is. Yeah. <laughs> still going i like that copper's default was like oh well i'll just hit the bar seeing as everything else is upside down so i was thinking has alonso just he's fine now is someone stitched he's him up or what up, so he's all right aye. i like this little speech that Mr. Copper does about, and I think he delivers it really well, as he does everything in this episode. Yeah. He just doesn't deliver Doctor Who magazine interviews well. He, the speech he does about, oh, how you can't choose who lives or dies, and 
it's very relevant to this doctor isn't it this is you know this sort of tortured doctor that he's got the guilt thing big time because as you said at the beginning you know the body count is spectacular here so in terms of the doctor's conscience i guess yeah, and I guess it all, all feeds into the end of the next series where Davros is taunting him for all the people that have sacrificed themselves for the Doctor. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Ashford probably makes an appearance there, yeah. I can see why people might not be into that, you know, that might find the kind of lonely, tortured Doctor a bit, I don't know, a bit tiring or whatever. But at the end of the day, I guess that's what Russell T. Davis was doing with this Doctor. Yeah. So it's, yeah. yay, you know. It's a bit of depth, John, because as I say, like, although there is, like, fun episodes and skippy happy doctor it, that would get really tiresome if that happened all the time oh yeah if it was if there was no stakes and it'd be weird if there was like a mortal being that it, like that's always got complications right ah uh, it's another ash snowfall <laughs> when i was watching this earlier so and he went only britain is great yeah uh, Andy, my partner was next to me and he went <laughs> there's a sentence that's aged like milk over the last nearly 20 years guys. wow so many people have died there's so much ash it's not it's a snowy tardis because it's christmas shan that he was gonna let kylie travel <laughs> yeah mr copper's like taking this old podger. he's no good to anybody this is very sweet when he realizes how much money's like especially because at the start he's like he's like oh i don't even have a home i just wanted this last thing and as someone that routinely worries that they're gonna grow old with nothing to show for it <laughs> the, the idea that he's he's never really had anything in his life and he's suddenly got all this money he's in this new place the entire time Oh, it's so heartwarming. It, it it's the most Christmassy thing about it. I've got money. Oh bless. I've it. got money. He's so he's so good in this part. Oh, also I forgot he was in Doctor Who as well. Obviously I haven't seen it, but in I think it was one of the R of the Daleks. I want to say Revolution, but I think that was a modern one. And it's obviously an old one. Oh, everything's linking back. I just noticed he said, Now that's a retirement plan. There's all these sort of parallels, isn't there? Yeah, that's an exceptional retirement plan. Oh. A proper house with a garden and a door. Oh, it's, it's the real aspect for me. <laughs> oh. And plates. <laughs> He's literally skipping. Oh, it's a really sweet ending, isn't it? Oh, I won't forget her. Oh, what are the idea of tenant acting again? Oh yeah, look at him looking away into the distance. You feel very Christmassy by the end of it. Yeah, I mean any yeah. any sort of touching scene in the snow. Oh, and of course this was for Verity Lambert. Of course. Oh, that's lovely. And then we enter Donna's era. We get the Yeah, it's fun to watch the review for the next. God, the review for this this series looks (laughs) so amazing. I know, actually. I don't know if it's just because we know that it is actually a pretty kick-ass series. But when you do watch it. Because, again, I remember, like, when they first announced that they'd cast Catherine Tate, I went, sorry, really? What? Like, the, the, the comedian woman. Like, she's funny, but do, does she act? Yeah, my does she God, act? My yeah. God, does she act? If only I knew, you know, I hadn't seen her in anything else yeah. up until that point. This is why we always reserve judgment now, isn't it? Because it was the same with Billy Piper, same with... Yeah, well, it was just a way to say the next one, the first ep- ever time I did that was Billy Piper, when everyone went, the last, the wee teenager with the album. With it, right, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Where does she go? She's back, okay. Yeah, well, I guess she wants to. Fucking hell, you're actually needing to put away the night... I know, I don't know. I don't know where this has come from. Okay, so. Uh, we did it! We did it! 
so do you have any I hope we tried to kind of share our thoughts organically <laughs> somewhat throughout the episode but do you have any kind of final thoughts on this do you know what as I say like I genuinely couldn't tell you the last time I watched this episode so it was actually mm. obviously not entirely new for me we knew what was coming but so there was bits of it I remember really clearly and bits of it that I had completely forgotten about so it was quite a refreshing little watch for Christmas actually. Yeah I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Mm. I think it's the kind of thing like I say it's not like my favourite 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 maybe I just feel a bit closer to the ones where you get more of a, a personal connection between the characters maybe or they're you know maybe they're just characters you know better like I think a lot of my favourite ones tend to have the, yeah, more consistent yeah, characters. Yeah, because until now we've had a companion in A Christmas Story in the modern stuff. Am I right? Yeah, I, I guess it Rose depends. Rose is the first ever one. But like A Christmas Carol, the wood, a lot of Matt Smith's ones don't, because they're kind of the between time, aren't they? Yeah, but I'm thinking this might be the first one. Oh, the first one. In order. Yeah. Okay. No, you're right, yeah. Yeah, because it was Rose and then Donna. I guess the thing is, Donna was new at the time, but... Obviously, that's she's true. not yeah. new to us. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think, say, if someone wanted to watch this, I would watch it with them. It'd be fun. Yeah, no, actually, again, it's one of these ones that, you know, has probably grown on me since my first mm. watch. Because there's not, like, you know, I'd be hard-pushed to pull out an awful lot that I really hate about it, you know? Oh, definitely, yeah. But yeah, maybe just because it's more kind of futuristic in some ways and it's not as classic Christmassy-themed. Maybe it's, it doesn't it's, stick out as like the most Christmassy feeling episode. It's literally not as down to earth. Well, it nearly was. <laughs> Give the top of Buckingham Palace. <laughs> oh, thank you, Doctor. Happy Christmas. Oh, <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think let's wrap up there. Let's do that. Finished on a Christmassy note. And yeah, let's also wrap up by saying maybe how lovely it was to see Bernard Cribbins. Always. Again, we yeah. seem to time these really well between the new episodes that we've just had, where we saw our final appearance of Bernard Cribbins. We've come back mm-hmm. and nostalgically watched the first appearance of Bernard Cribbins in New Who. Aww. Oh, and I guess before we before we say goodbye, I just want to quickly plug the episode that we recorded the other day. We recorded a Christmassy episode with another podcast, the All of Space and Time podcast with Mark and with Ian. Future Shona coming to you from the Time Vortex. I just want to apologise for getting the name of Mark and Ian's podcast wrong. Again, I do it nearly every time. It is the All of Time and Space podcast, not the All of Space and Time podcast. So, Every other time I mention it afterwards, which is a few times, it is the All of Time and Space podcast. Please check it out. That was really fun. Mark has appeared on My Adventure in Space and Time on the Crusade, I believe it was. And he is like a veteran of podcasting and a very nice man. And we had met Ian before and he was also a very nice man. And we covered The Chimes of Midnight the Paul McGann Christmas staged audio. And I think it's probably fair to say we were both maybe a little nervous beforehand because neither of us have listened to a lot of the audios, maybe like a handful each, right? Yeah. And, you know, let alone kind of discussed one on a a podcast before. So we maybe didn't quite feel in our comfort zone. But 
it was so wonderful and a really nice time. And I think we we got heavily converted to Big Finish. So yeah, I feel like we were very well looked after. Yeah, we were guided you through. To visit gently. other podcasts, you always feel like you need to be looked after. Who's it? <laughs> yeah, suddenly not in charge. Like, um, it's a bit like how do you do it at your house? Oh, this reminds me of something. So I was talking with some of my friends at work about about Christmas traditions and we were talking about what time you should open your presents because mm. now I don't want to I don't want to throw any what am Are I trying to, to say controversial <laughs> I'm people can do what they want okay <laughs> but I think presents should be opened in the morning I think after Christmas dinner is late it's too late and my friend was telling me that she had always opened her, like me, had always opened her presents in the morning. You know, it's like the first the first thing you're doing on Christmas Day. Like, oh, we've got presents, let's open them. But then she told me that she had to go to her cousins one year for Christmas. And they all opened them, like, after Christmas dinner, late in the day. And she's like, and we were fucking furious. Like, <laughs> y- you know, it was like, why are we doing this? Like, this is yeah. wrong. And yeah, I, was, okay. I was thinking, oh, God, that's so true. If I had experienced that, I'd be like, what's going on? What do you mean we're not opening presents yet? Like, yeah, that's um, I have been around other families that, that don't open them till late. And I am very impatient. I don't know if it's just that I'm an impatient person or if it's just, like, that's how I think Christmas should run. You do that from being a child, though, don't you? Because, like, the whole point of, like, the Christmas morning thing is you get up and go, has Santa been? And, like, yeah, that was the first thing you were checking is if Santa's been. Again, controversially, I have kind of had to switch to the other way around, though, just recently. Right. Purely circumstantial because we now have Christmas dinner with my grandma and she is now not in a position to travel to our house. We have to travel ah, to our house. Of course. So rather hey. than like rushing it in the morning and us like tearing through presents, we get up, we've done stockings first thing in the morning. That's not negotiable, yeah. Like and then, only a lunatic would open a stocking yeah. later in the day. No, that's weird. Um, so we get up, do the stocking thing because you can't not open your stockings. And then we've done big presents just between like the three of us like if it's me and my mum and dad at Christmas like the three of us mm. then do our presents just from each other in the evening uh-uh. because we have more time to enjoy it and do it properly but that's only been circumstantial the last like two years yeah Maybe? I would let it slide yeah but that shouldn't be the way and certainly not for children right like no I mean kids are like up at four in the fucking morning waiting on Santa coming like have they been like you, you no. Imagine being like, he has been, but you're not allowed to look out the door. And like, oh no, 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 no. It's like, we don't want to go for a walk first. The thing is, you've bribed them for the whole of December with like, you better behave or you get no presents. Imagine getting to the day when the presents have turned up and then go, well, you still can't have them. Like, that's... Yeah, sorry. Wow. Good. I'm I'm glad that we hashed that out. Yeah. Glad that we made that known. I can't remember why I brought this up now. (laughs) Um, In any case... Chimes of Midnight, it was a delight. And if you would like to listen to it, then head over to the All of Space and Time podcast. And they're a great podcast anyway. They don't need us to plug them, you yeah, know? Yeah, if you, if you hate us, they have loads of lovely episodes that we're not on, if that helps. <laughs> um. And they're not like this. <laughs> I like to think we added a bit of chaos. <laughs> oh, God. We've got to add something. <laughs> it's, it's what we've got. That's what we've got. But yeah, yeah. thoroughly recommend them because they're 
bloody lovely people. Um, yeah, and actually, you might as well say as well, if you're interested in the story, that The Chimes of Midnight is one of the episodes that is available for free on Spotify and such like. So it is. Um, even if you're interested in the story that we are waffling about um, and you fancy something Christmassy, I can highly recommend doing that too. And I think even if you're not, even if you're not an audio drama person, if you're if it's something you're new to, you know, like I say, we had not we listened were. to a lot. Of, yeah, we hadn't listened to a lot of Big Finish. And it's very accessible. It's something you can just have on. I, I might just have it on around around the place on Christmas. Like when I'm, you know, making Christmas dinner and stuff, I might just chuck that on. Paul McGann's yeah. a delight. You know? Oh, any extra Paul McGann. We do have this debate on the, the episode with them that all four of yeah. us are enormous Paul McGann stands. We, you say a debate, it's just a unanimous Paul well, McGann yeah, just love why, fest. <laughs> why would you not? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the debate is why is there not more of him? That's that's my only question. Yeah, um, yeah it's a complaint actually. Yeah, a group complaint. <laughs> pretty much. So please do check that out. And I guess the last thing to say. Oh no, we are hoping that we might release a little episode to tide you over to the I'm sure much awaited second part of <laughs> the Dalek Master Plan <laughs> that I know everyone's crying out for, but we might release a little kind of catch up because obviously there's just shitloads happening in the world of Doctor Who. Yes. We've not mentioned the specials. I know that. However, we might do a little kind of collab with some other podcasts. Hopefully all the space and time will be involved as well on some of those, but me and Caroline are hoping to release a little catch up just on current Doctor Who stuff to tide you over we can't let the 60th go without acknowledging how much stuff there is to talk about yeah it's a big deal so let's wrap it up there but please have a wonderful christmas everyone i like the idea that doctor who fans all across the world are going to sit down and watch this special on christmas or whenever you can get hold of it australia sorry guys Um, yeah what a treat have a lovely christmas and We'll be back with you really soon. We've been Shona and Caroline, and this has been my adventure in space and time. Bye-bye. Bye. My Adventure in Space and Time is hosted and produced by Shona Stevenson, with music by Shona Stevenson and artwork by Robbie Stevenson. Special thanks to Caroline Donald for all her support and to anyone listening. You can hear more on the website at myadventureinspace.wixsite.com podcast or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Please join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at MyAdventurePod. Thanks for coming along on the adventure. Before I go, I just want to tell you, you are fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. 